0: section three of three science fiction novellas by lee Brackett. this librivox recording is in the public domain part three of enchantress of venus the tavern was of the standard low-class venusian pattern a single huge room under bare thatch the wall half open with the reed shutters rolled up the floor of split logs propped up on the piling out of the mud a long low bar little tables Mangy skins and heaps of dubious cushions "'on the floor around them, "'and at one end the entertainers, two old men with a drum and a reed pipe, "'and a couple of sulky, tired-looking girls. "'The lame man led Stark to a table in the corner "'and sat down, calling for wine. "'His eyes, which were dark and haunted by long pain, "'burned with excitement. "'His hands shook. "'Before Stark had sat down, he had begun to talk.' his words stumbling over themselves as though he could not get them out fast enough. How is it there now? Has it changed any? Tell me how it is, the cities, the lights, the paved streets, the women, the sun. Oh, Lord, what I wouldn't give to see the sun again, and women with dark hair and their clothes on. He leaned forward, staring hungrily into Stark's face, as though he could see those things mirrored there. "'For God's sake, talk to me. "'Talk to me in English. "'Tell me about Earth.' "'How long have you been here?' asked Stark. "'I don't know. "'How do you reckon time on a world without a sun, "'without one damn little star to look at? Ten years. "'A hundred years. "'How should I know? "'Forever. "'Tell me about Earth.' Stark smiled wryly. "'I haven't been there for a long time. "'The police were too ready with a welcoming committee.' but the last time I saw it, it was just the same. The lame man shivered. He was not looking at Stark now, but at some place far beyond him. Autumn woods, he said, red and gold on the brown hills. Snow. I can remember how it felt to be cold. The air bit you when you breathed it. And the women wore high-heeled slippers. No big bare feet trumping in the mud, but little sharp heels tapping on clean pavement. "'Suddenly he glared at Stark, his eyes furious and bright with tears. "'Why the hell did you have to come here and start me remembering? "'I'm Larrabee. I live in Sharoon. "'I've been here forever, and I'll be here till I die. "'There isn't any Earth. "'It's gone. Just look up into the sky, and you'll know it's gone. "'There's nothing anywhere but clouds, and Venus, and mud.' "'He sat still, shaking.' turning his head from side to side. A man came with the wine, put it down, and went away again. The tavern was very quiet. There was a wide space empty around the two earthmen. Beyond that people lay on the cushions, sipping the poppy wine and watching with a sort of furtive expectancy. Abruptly, Larrabee laughed, a harsh sound that held a certain honest mirth. I don't know why I should get sentimental about Earth at this late date. Never thought much about it when I was there. Nevertheless, he kept his gaze averted, and when he picked up his cup, his hand trembled so that he spilled some of the wine. Stark was staring at him in unbelief. "Larabee," he said. You're Mike Larrabee. You're the man who got half a million credits out of the strong room of the royal Venus. Larrabee nodded. "'and got away with it, right over the mountains of White Cloud, "'that they said it couldn't be flown. "'And do you know where that half-million is now? "'At the bottom of the Red Sea, along with my ship and my crew, "'out there in the Gulf. "'Lord knows why I lived.' "'He shrugged. "'Well, anyway, I was headed for Sharoon when I crashed, "'and I got here. "'So why complain?' "'He drank again, deeply.' "'And Stark shook his head. "'You've been here nine years, then, by Earth time,' he said. "'He had never met Larrabee, "'but he remembered the pictures of him "'that had flashed across the space on police bands. "'Larrabee had been a young man then, "'dark and proud and handsome. "'Larrabee guessed his thought. "'I've changed, haven't I?' "'Stark said lamely, "'Everybody thought you were dead.' "'Larrabee laughed.' "'After that, for a moment, there was silence. "'Stark's ears were straining for any sound outside. "'There was none. "'He said abruptly, "'What about this trap I'm in?' "'I'll tell you one thing about it,' said Larrabee. "'There's no way out. "'I can't help you. "'I wouldn't if I could. "'Get that straight. "'But I can't anyway.' "'Thanks,' Stark said sourly. "'You can at least tell me what goes on.' "'Listen,' said Larrabee. "'I'm a cripple and an old man, "'and Sharoon isn't the sweetest place in the solar system to live. "'But I do live. "'I have a wife, a slatternly wench, I'll admit, "'but good enough in her way. "'You'll notice some dark little-haired brats rolling in the mud. "'They're mine, too. "'I have some skill at setting bones and such, "'and so I can get drunk for nothing as often as I will, "'which is often.' "'Also, because of this bum leg, I'm perfectly safe. "'So don't ask me what goes on. "'I take great pains not to know.' "'Stark said, "'Who are the Lahari?' "'Would you like to meet them?' "'Larabee seemed to find something very amusing in that thought. "'Just go on up to the castle. "'They live there. "'They're the lords of Jeroen, "'and they're always glad to meet strangers.' "'He leaned forward suddenly. "'Who are you, anyway?' "'What's your name, and why the devil did you come here?' "'My name is Stark, and I came here for the same reason you did.' "'Stark,' repeated Larrabee slowly, his eyes intent. "'That rings a faint bell. "'Seems to me I saw a wanted flash once, "'some idiot that had led a native revolt somewhere in the Jovian colonies, "'a big, cold-eyed brute they referred to colorfully as the wild man from Mercury.' "'He nodded, pleased with himself.' Wild man, eh? Well, Sharoon will tame you down. Perhaps, said Stark. His eyes shifted constantly, watching Larrabee, watching the doorway and the dark veranda and the people who drank, but did not talk among themselves. Speaking of strangers, one came here at the time of the last rains. He was Venusian, from up coast. A big young man. I used to know him. Perhaps he could help me. Larrabee snorted. By now he had drunk his own wine and Stark's, too. "'Nobody can help you. "'As for your friend, I never saw him. "'I'm beginning to think I should never have seen you.' Quite suddenly he caught up his stick and got with some difficulty to his feet. He did not look at Stark, but said harshly, "'You'd better get out of here.' Then he turned and limped unsteadily to the bar. Stark rose. "'Stark rose. He glanced after Larrabee, and again his nostrils twitched to the smell of fear. He went out of the tavern the way he had come in, through the front door. No one moved to stop him. Outside, the square was empty. It had begun to rain. Stark stood for a moment on the steps. He was angry and filled with a dangerous unease. "'the hair-trigger nervousness of a tiger "'that senses the beaters creeping toward him up the wind. "'He would almost have welcomed the sight of Malthor "'and the three young men, "'but there was nothing to fight but the silence and the rain. "'He stepped out into the mud, "'wet and warm around his ankles. "'An idea came to him, and he smiled, "'beginning to move now with a definite purpose "'along the side of the square. "'The sharp downpour strengthened.' Rain smoked from Stark's naked shoulders, beat against thatch and mud with a hissing rattle. The harbor had disappeared behind boiling clouds of fog, where the water struck the surface of the Red Sea and was turned again instantly by chemical action into vapor. The quays and the neighboring streets were being swallowed up by the impenetrable mist. Lightning came with an eerie bluish flare, and thunder came rolling after it. "'Stark turned up the narrow way that led toward the castle. "'Its lights were winking out now, one by one, "'blotted by the creeping fog. "'Lightning etched its shadowy bulk against the night "'and then was gone. "'And through the noise of the thunder that followed, "'Stark thought he heard a voice calling. "'He stopped, half-crouching, his hand on his gun. "'The cry came again, a girl's voice.' "'thin as the wail of a seabird through the driving rain. "'Then he saw her, "'a small white blur in the street behind him, "'running, and even in that dim glimpse of her "'every line of her body was instinct with fright. "'Stark set his back against the wall and waited. "'There did not seem to be anyone with her, "'though it was hard to tell in the darkness and the storm. "'She came up to him and stopped, "'just out of his reach.' "'looking at him and away again "'with a painful irresoluteness. "'A bright flash showed her to him clearly. "'She was young, not long out of her childhood, "'and pretty in a stupid sort of way. "'Just now her mouth trembled on the edge of weeping, "'and her eyes were very large and scared. "'Her skirt clung to her long thighs "'and above it her naked body, "'hardly fleshed into womanhood,' GLISTENED LIKE SNOW IN THE WET. HER PALE HAIR HUNG DRIPPING OVER HER SHOULDERS. STARK SAID GENTLY, WHAT DO YOU WANT WITH ME? SHE LOOKED AT HIM, SO MISERABLY LIKE A WET PUPPY, THAT HE SMILED. AND AS THOUGH THAT SMILE HAD TAKEN WHAT LITTLE RESOLUTION SHE HAD OUT OF HER, SHE DROPPED TO HER KNEES, SOBBING. I CAN'T DO IT, SHE WAILED. HE'LL KILL ME, BUT I JUST CAN'T DO IT. DO WHAT? ASKED STARK. She stared up at him. Run away, she urged him. Run away now. You'll die in the swamps, but that's better than being one of the lost ones. She shook her thin arms at him. Run away! End of Part 3